Welcome to Get Up In The Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. It's week two of Get Up In The Cool month, so I'm taking more time than usual to ask you to fund this podcast because it is listener-funded and you're the listener. I'll interrupt this episode about halfway through with more on that, but if you want to skip my pledge drive pitch, just head on over to patreon.com slash getupinthecool right now and sign up. Then you can skip it guilt-free. I put a link in the show notes. Patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Because it's Get Up In The Cool Month, I've saved some extra special episodes. This week, it's Natalie Haas. We had a lovely little jam and chat at Valley of the Moon between classes. One more thing, real quick before we get started. I'm playing the Old Growth Old Time Festival in Seattle, Washington, this October 20th through the 22nd. I'm working on new material for that, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. So go check that out if you're anywhere near within driving or flying distance of uh, Seattle on uh, October 20th through the 22nd. Uh, I'd love to see you there. All right, enough business. Stick around afterwards to hear how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Natalie Haas. Enjoy. Thank you. 
<laughs> I forgot to say, I will never end a tune. Oh, really? I like playing, I like playing with you too well. I'm just going to see if you're going to come back in. Yeah. I will defer to you. <laughs> well, I'm happy to keep going. <laughs> Natalie Haas, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I've, uh, it's been a dream of mine to have you on the show for a really long time. Uh, I love your music. It's so fun to make music with you. Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, what did we just play? Pony Boy. That's like one of my favorite tunes of all time, I think, um, from Mark Simos, which I learned from my sister, which is where I got most of my old-time repertoire from Bruce Molsky via Brittany. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> that's the pipeline, yeah. Yes. Yeah, very good. Yeah, uh, it, there are so many reasons why people don't necessarily focus on old time. Uh, <laughs> was your instrument of choice part of that? Probably. Although, like, Bruce, in the early days, like, we met him here at Valley of the Moon. Oh, yeah. Um, in, I think he maybe came in, like, 97. Oh, wow. For the first time. And Brittany was, like, eight or something. I don't know. Maybe a little, maybe like, ten. How old and, were you? Uh, and I was 13 yeah. or something. Um, yeah, or about to be 14 or something. And um, yeah, and he, I think maybe not at that stage of my life, but a few years later after it was like very clear that Brittany was like, had fallen in love with old time music and was going down that route. Um, and we became friends with him and he was very much a mentor to her and mm. just a friend of the family. Mm. And he introduced me to some recordings of like the East Te Texas Serenaders uh -huh. that have a cello uh -huh. on them. So, you know, it's not necessarily an instrument thing. I think it's just a, more of a preference thing. And it's not that I don't love old time music because I do. And uh, yeah, I just, um, yeah, just happened to go down the Scottish path because that's what struck me first. Um, but I grew up, obviously, with old-time music in my house, yeah. thanks to my sister, you know, just having it on constantly. Yeah. So I was exposed to it, but I, I, I didn't play it much except for with her. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she spent... We, we kind of diverged in our musical paths from an early age, Um and like, so the only time I would play old time tunes was with, you know, when, on the rare occasions that we played music together. Um, and then, yeah, and on, on that album she made when she was 16, um, which is pretty much all old time, I think. Uh, and I'm on a, a few of the tracks. And so, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't get the bug the same way that she did. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I don't love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. It's not a uh, who loves it the most contest. <laughs> In order to make good old time music, I think <laughs> not everyone thinks that, but I. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I think it's way more fun when you're a melody player, um, yeah. and yeah, for in jams. I guess it depends on who you're with. Like, you know, if if you're only allowed to play one and five all the time, that that, that gets to be a little bit monotonous right for, might for as the, well be playing guitar player. maybe yeah. yeah exactly or or melody like that's right. where all the fun seems to be yeah. it's like in the melodic variations and the bowing and stuff and um so yeah i've, I've been to a couple of old time jams where i have had a really good time and mostly because it's with people that like don't come from that purest place like 
are are willing to just do really crazy stuff with the yeah. backup, and yeah. like, it doesn't sound traditional at all, yeah. but it's it's really fun. I, like, yeah. I most fun I ever had in an old time jam was with Ian Carr on, on guitar in, oh, in yeah. Glasgow in Scotland and he's just his mind doesn't work like normal people <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so yeah. I was just like trying to follow his like crazy bass lines and, and rhythmic stuff that he was doing and it was really yeah. fun yeah so totally different treatment you know not not trad at all but yeah and then listening to those recordings with cello on them like it treated more like a string bass I guess sure yeah yeah. Anyway, so it makes a lot of sense just because bases are big and expensive. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So yeah. hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great uh, alternative. Yeah. For yeah. practical reasons, it makes yeah. sense that a lot of those bands have them. Totally. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of uh, a church bass? I have. Is that like a three-string? Yeah, I've heard it's like yeah. a three-stringed cello-ish thing uh-huh. that they okay. would use i guess like in certain appalachian churches uh-huh. like when you couldn't afford like a, a full piano or whatever right. or organ okay yeah yeah there yeah. there used to be way less standardization of instrument sizes and yeah. aesthetics and like yeah. you know people would just make them yeah. and <laughs> there was no standard size or tuning or whatever so yeah we, we used to be a lot more resourceful and creative in our thinking <laughs> yeah or just like make do with what you have basically you know? yeah mm-hmm. i uh i like that and want mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally because i don't like missing out on cool stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't know that this was the 40th anniversary of valley of the moon mm. And you were saying you went here as a child. Yes. Brittany was eight and I was 11. The first year we attended was 1995. Yeah. And this is actually not the 40th anniversary. This is the 40th occurrence of the game. So it's like, you know, kind of. Because of of COVID? um, No, just because. So like, I, I know this because I'm the same age. I'm about to turn 40 and, uh. I was born in 83, but the first camp was in 84. So okay. it's just like a funny like, uh-huh. the camp. Yeah. This is the 40th time it's happened. Gotcha. But I think the anniversary will technically be next year, the 40th anniversary. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> yeah. The 40th occurrence. doesn't yes. quite have the same. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I guess that's just why it just says 40 on yeah. our yeah, special exactly. badges here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And did you, how did you hear about this camp were you already playing scottish music no not at all like um we were Brittany and i were both doing suzuki violin and cello and we had both been playing for a couple of years at that point Brittany had a teacher we, we grew up like not far from this camp we're, we're from menlo park which is just an hour north of where we are right now and she had a her suzuki violin teacher um was had some Scottish heritage and so she knew who Alistair was and she knew that this camp existed and she was like presenting it as an alternative to Brittany because Brittany had started taking bluegrass fiddle lessons yeah. from Jack Tuttle, Molly's dad. Oh. And uh, um and her violin classical violin teacher was worried about her technique going downhill and like her sounding too dirty or whatever. Okay. And for some reason I don't think she really knew what it was she was getting us into, but she, yeah, she, 
thought Scottish music sounded cleaner. It's like the most respectable <laughs> folk fiddle music or something. Yeah, Interesting. I don't know, but that, that's coming okay. from a, somebody who obviously is, has not grown up in the tradition, but she just thought it would be, yeah. know, if you need to get your kicks out somewhere, do it where, somewhere where <laughs> the you're... The harm reduction <laughs> model. Of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she Drive sent music. us here, or she sent Brittany here, and, and there just have to be a cello class because Alistair has always like been really promoting the cello as a part of the Scottish tradition and so he had a cello teacher here so I came along like not knowing what to expect and both of us had no idea and we found like our people here you know it took us a while to sort of we were pretty shy both of us but figure out um how we were gonna you know approach traditional music um and incorporate it into our daily lives where we were you know taking suzuki lessons and in chamber groups and like youth symphony and all that stuff and then and then we found this place and it was like oh there are other kids our age playing music and like hanging out and jamming together and it like totally blew our minds and then when Brittany got exposed to bruce for the first time like it was very cute. Our mom used to come with us and she would buy all of the CDs of the instructors that were going to be yeah. present. And so, oh, so, so that's great. where we started listening to trad stuff um, and got super into it. And, and then, yeah, Brittany totally got the bug when she first heard Bruce. And, and he was just so lovely and generous. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's like not just about the music. It's also about the people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she, she really fell in, in love with old time music and I, I loved the Scottish stuff as, as soon as I heard that. So. Hmm. But they're not that far apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of commonality there. And I'm always surprised when I hear, oh, this was originally Scottish tune. Yeah. I didn't know that Leather Bridges right. was a Scottish <laughs> tune until very recently. Yeah. yeah. And then and every time I hear an old tune, time tune that's got like very modal nature and like oh that yeah i can definitely see that being scottish yeah originally huh. that very like pipey droney quality <laughs> yeah oh do we have any do we have any pipey droney uh, uh highlanders farewell you play we that could, one? Yeah, yeah totally let's do that yeah? okay well yeah. i don't know if i could play it on the chill but uh yeah. We could play it in A that's, or in something else if that's, that's the better. the only key that I know I didn't Right. <laughs> <laughs> but if that means you have to retune, then I, I don't want to subject you to that. Oh, I'm... <laughs> if I didn't want to be subjected to that, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be playing this instrument. Uh, perfect. I'm glad we're... I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. It's the perfect confluence. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right? Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. One, two... <laughs>
It's supposed to have that wow. word in it or oh, not. That was a nice little <laughs> confluence there. <laughs> cool. Good. Yeah, fun, fun, That's fun. That's how it goes. <laughs> Traditional pairing. So I always hear uh, cellists say that they don't want to play A-tunes. Does that, a? Oh. Yeah, does that apply to you as, as well? I don't know. The key thing is so funny. Like, there's so many <laughs> um, cellists who... Um, well, let me just say, I'm a lazy person. I don't like uh-huh. <laughs> to make my life more difficult than it needs to be. So I will like that tune play down the octave a lot of times. Yeah. And, and that presents other problems like string crossing, mm. being awkward and stuff. And, um, but it's, it's so much more fun, um, than having to think about shifting and finger patterns and yeah. all this stuff, like rather just play music and let yourself sound like a cello than like a bad imitation of a fiddle. Um, like yeah. a lot of cellists that are coming from classical music, which is usually the case. If you play cello, you probably had a classical background. Right. Um, they will like try to play fiddle tunes at the pitch that they hear them at yeah. like, in composition. And it just sounds awful. Oh no. <laughs> Such, it's really messy. It's out of tune. It's like, you know, if, if you want to play fiddle tunes like that, just play the fiddle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so I, love playing stuff down the octave. I love playing stuff in the original key. Usually cellists will take things down a fifth to make it more comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that makes you kind of hard to jam with unless you're jamming with other cellists uh, yeah. or with people who are open to changing keys, yeah. which I mean, there, those people are, are out there too. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're in the minority and most people around you want to play it in the key, they know it. And then it, it, you are, better equipped to play with other people if you can play in the original key. So um, I will try to adapt as much as possible. Um, find fingerings that are that are um, kind of going across the fingerboard a lot rather than up and down, shifting all the time. Yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah, and it's, you know, you kind of case-by-case basis depending on the tune. Um, but there are some keys that are, like, more cello-friendly. Um, and you can always kind of fake some some things so that you can you can make it work um yeah there's just some some tunes that are more comfortable than others and it's rare to find one that sits on the cello like completely in first position (laughs) because you know fiddle players are not used to shifting so it's like they don't even realize just the what we have to deal with but um i'm not (laughs) complaining i'm not complaining i love it i love it i love the challenge yeah yeah uh, and I have a very strong classical background, which has enabled me to, to do those things. So, um, uh, yeah, I like I like trying to be as authentic as possible, but still making it sound like a cello. And, you know, it is it is just like a big fiddle, basically. Yeah. Like we can do almost everything a fiddle can do and more. And um, yeah, so I'm just, you know, a lot of what I do is is really trying to copy fiddle players, bowings and, and feel yeah. and stuff. And, uh, um, and then just make it work on the cello as best as possible. <laughs> so I'm wondering for cellists who might be listening, who mm-hmm. are trying to play old time music. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying like trying to copy the, the fiddles, bowing and stuff. Yeah. I would imagine there are certain kind of 
gravitational challenges to that totally. because you're pointing in a totally different exactly. direction. We don't have gravity in the same way that a fiddle does. Yeah, will you speak up on and that? Down, to them, like the direction of the bow is actually up and down and, and it's in line with the gravitational right. pull of the earth. Whereas up and down bow for us is not, we're, we're not using gravity. We're going back and forth instead of yeah. up and down. So it really doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the distribution of the bow is the same, the weight distribution, um, you sure. know, the frog is heavier, the tip is lighter. So like, it was really interesting that you're asking about this today because we just came from George's class this morning. It was all about bowing and it was like really useful for me because old time bowing does not feel natural to me at all. Having grown up playing Scottish music, it's just a totally different set of rules um, and the bowing is so important to old time music. And I feel like I'm kind of just faking it most of the time <laughs> and like trying to survive. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it is a different um, use of gravity. Um, and like the, I was talking to some of the other cellists in the class this morning. And they were like, oh, yeah, everything is just backwards for us, basically. Um, but I, I will try to copy fiddlers bowings one to one. Yeah, pretty much. All yeah. The time. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess the question would be the next one that I had was when a when a fiddler is down bowing, mm -hmm. which direction are you going? Out. Out. <laughs> to the right. Right. Uh, so you're <laughs> so you're technically going in the if you're <laughs> cello, oh, this is hurting my brain. Yes. If your cello was oriented in the same way, it would be yeah. like you were up bowing. No, it would be if, if if I held the cello like a fiddle, which I would never yeah. do because I would impale my neck. But you're doing it right now. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, no. Uh, oh, this uh, way. It's, it is backwards. Like this, the bow is here for us and it's on the other side right. for them. Right. I, yeah. So your pole is probably like stronger, but it's going in the other direction. Than yeah. A... So if I go down, like down, down bow is out. Right. If I go down on the strings to get to a lower register... I get to the low note, whereas if they go down, right. they go to the high note. Yeah. If they go down, you know, towards the earth, the, yeah, and this is a radio, so you can't hear <laughs> what I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, like it is backwards, technically, yeah. because when, when we go down towards the earth, we go low. When they go down towards the earth with the bow, they go high. Yeah. So that makes that string crossings are exactly backwards. Basically. Yeah. yeah. I just I'm curious <laughs> that you still like are like, I'm going to match. Yeah. Stroke as much, for stroke as, much as possible. Right. Just to get the feel, especially when it's a tradition that you is not comfortable for you. Yeah. To try, try and copy their bowings in terms of direction more, yeah. more than the string crossings. Every time I pick up the fiddle, cause I do play a little bit of fiddle. Like I've never, learned how to hold it properly or anything. But every time I do a string crossing, I'm like, oh, it just really messes with my mind. <laughs> it feels very backward. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Are there any other ways that, um, again, for the cellists who are listening, hmm. like for adapting fiddle melodies, are there little things that, mm -hmm. what are the first things to go when you're like mm -hmm. making a sacrifice to a melody? Yeah, well, that's other good. than the octave, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the octave thing. Honestly, like I could write a book on this. I've, I've thought about it a lot. Yeah, um, good. <laughs> like, yeah, I try to preserve the line of the phrase as uh -huh. much as possible. So if I have to do an octave switch, I will try to do it at a musical moment. Yeah, uh, like that might be at the beginning of a part or the beginning right. of a phrase or just like. 
yeah, wherever there's like an interruption in the musical line, yeah. that is my spot that I'm going to make that octave jump. Um, there's a couple of left-hand things that are um, sacrificed, like... Well, in Scottish music, maybe this is not as much of a thing in old-time music, but ornamentation. Like, fiddlers are... They basically have one extra finger. Right, right. <laughs> because they're only using one, two, and three most of the time, and so their fourth finger is there lying around waiting to be used, whereas we are using all of our fingers just to get access to all the notes because it's a bigger spacing. Right. So, like, if we want to add ornaments in, often means having to do an extra shift, which is like, is yeah. that really worthwhile? Right. Especially if you're trying to play fast, it's like... So many things to think about. Um, but yeah, and then sometimes I'll like, you know, the, the really limiting factor for us is like once you get up past the harmonic, which is like the halfway point of the, this, this open string, like there's the open string, there's the octave harmonic, that's you're like literally cutting the string in half. So it's comfortable to go up to that point, but anything past that, and it's like, it's a little bit, you know, you're in the nether regions, it's hard to get to. So, um, those kind of, if if a note goes above if a tune goes above yeah. a, a high A note on the fiddle like up to their fourth finger um, then I will usually either take that note out and replace it with another note that's right. in the right chord right or just not play it <laughs> sure um, only if it's comfortable like I I want to make it comfortable and I want to you know be as um, reverent to the original melody as I can but um, at the same time, you have to be able to play it and you have to be able to keep up <laughs> with the speed. Um, and also our strings are fatter and thicker and like take more time to, to, to get going, mm. to get the string activated. So yeah. playing faster uh, fiddle tunes is a challenge. Um, so I, I do a lot of playing over the fingerboard, um, yeah. which is like less tone there, uh. but you can be more rhythmically accurate because you're not <clears throat> working to get the string to sound <laughs> as much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, lots, all great lots, of, lots of little specific things. actionable <laughs> stuff. That's great. Yeah. 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 Run into a little bit of this stuff on the banjo, especially the octave stuff, because I run out of notes. Right. Um, yeah. But then I find that, like, a lot of cool banjo playing is, like, what do we do when we have to make up the tune because we mm. ran out of yes of range <laughs> and then some really interesting stuff happens yeah, yeah i'm sure it's I'm like sure. a little uh writing prompt totally, every time <laughs> totally yeah and the other thing that we're missing that the, the fiddles get is double stops like ringing open strings right without having the e string that that can mean that like the melodies sound way more bare on cello because we just don't have the same yeah ringing strings possibilities that the fiddle has so that's a little bit of a sacrifice yeah um but but you do the best you can with what you have. <laughs> but on the other hand, you could play Highlander's Farewell in that octave. Yeah, which it's pretty fiddles badass. super can do, <laughs> and it sounds so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Do you want to play that um that Red Prairie Dawn? Sure. Yeah. Again, so this is something I wouldn't normally do with because I learned I learned it in A. I don't know what the original key is. But uh, so I'm, I'm taking it down to fifth. I'm, yeah. I'm, but only because you are so wonderfully welcoming to Absolutely. playing in other keys. It sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play that other banjo. I think it'll cool. be good. Yeah. And then I'll just, I won't even have to think about changing my fingering. Nice. Because <laughs> it's tuned down. Okay, great. So. Oh, I bet cool. that'll be a nice sonority. <laughs> 
Maybe I'll go up at some point. Oh, <laughs> we'll see yeah, if I get right brave. Sweet. Wow, the sound of that band oh, awesome. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> oh, cool. Love hearing that in D. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, good. It fits the cello very well in that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> okay, so as promised, here's that pledge drive. I can't make Get Up in the Cool without your help. I currently have 141 supporters on Patreon. 
That's the same as I had last week. So far, 1,152 of you have downloaded last week's episode and presumably listened to my request for more funding. That means that just over 1,000 of you heard my request and haven't signed up yet. That's fine. It's only the first week. I imagine you all need some time to do some budgeting, figure out what you can chip in. I, I get it because I need this month every year to do my budgeting for the following year. This show has a lot of overhead. I need to be able to fly places. I occasionally need to rent a car, have to replace and update my equipment, pay for all sorts of internet hosting. I need to cover all that, plus have enough left over to justify all the time it takes to make this show. I have two kids, a spouse, friends outside of the old-time community, if you can even imagine. I have to withhold a lot of my time from those people who I love and who depend on me in order to make this show. So I can only do it if it's a job. And it can only be a job if y'all chip in. Obviously, I don't need all of you to fund this podcast, but I do need those of you who can afford it to assume that I'm talking to you specifically right now. I'm talking to you. Please pay for this podcast so I can keep making it. Patreon.com slash cool. Links in the show notes. And please sign up at a tier that you can sustain so I can budget for the following year. That's all. Thank you. Back to the show. Have you played any cello banjo? Oh, only a little bit. I would love to have one. Have you played any cello banjo? I've seen one. Yeah. I've heard it. I've never tried it. They're pretty well, cool. I, I wouldn't know what to do with my right hand. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty fun. I would love to see how low, yeah. <laughs> how low it could get. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Marcy Marks here plays one. Do you know? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she's yeah. a pick. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, like, I think um, maybe some of the low chords that you would do on cello might turn into mud if I'm, like, yes. banjo <laughs> clucking them. You know? oh, right. I don't know, yeah, it's already pretty low. low pitch, but, yeah, yeah, I'd have to change the way I play a lot, yeah. which yes. could be really cool. Nice. Yeah. Where, where did you learn this tune? That one, Red Prairie Dawn. Yeah. Um, so Daryl Anger came here to Value the Moon a couple times. I guess a lot of my repertoire comes from this Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Daryl brought some really eclectic music, but that uh, I first heard that tune from him mm. here, and it was just like an instant hit. <laughs> um, so we, yeah, I guess I, I played a little bit with him in a quartet the monster string quartet with him and, and Lauren Ryu and Brittany and me. Is Lauren playing viola? Yeah, or five string viola. I okay, think. yeah, cool, and, cool. Um, yeah, and we used to play this tune and that was very fun. Yeah, just love that kind of vibe of tune is, is totally where it's at for me. <laughs> kind of a meditative B part. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Kind of similar to Pony Boy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tend to go for those ones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sensing a theme. The Highlighters <laughs> farewell, farewell felt like counter-programming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's because it's an A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's play another one, and then let's talk about where people go to buy your stuff. Sure. Your um, recorded works and okay. your presence. Okay. <laughs> yeah, things like that. But first, what should we play? Do you want to do Aura Lee? Yeah. Can you remind me how that goes? I was going to ask oh. you to remind <laughs> me how that goes. I know it's in G. I do keys. I don't do melodies. <laughs> 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 
Um, do, 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 Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orly. Great. Where did you get Orly? Again, Brittany, probably Brittany. via Bruce. Great. These are all good sources. <laughs> yeah, I approve. At least I know that they've done their homework, yeah. even if I'm not the best informed on my sources. how that tune went in the middle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always fun doing a, a little bit of uh, trading, but then that is, you know, puts me on the spot to actually know how the tune goes. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. Whatever happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just a little exploratory yes. moment where I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and you should be to do that when you're exploring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay here and make sure and see if someone will come back to get me. <laughs> so it's safer, which you did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're Anytime. <laughs> uh, this has been such a treat. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to play music with you. Yeah. I would love to do some more uh, off record this week. Uh, I feel like I'm just starting to settle in know how to talk to you musically <laughs> oh yes yeah. totally yeah. Uh, that too <laughs> yeah well uh where do people go to 
buy your stuff, see you play live. Yes. Anything else you want to mention? Uh-huh. The new album yeah. just came out. Yeah, Britney so and good. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I wish there was more American stuff on it, but um, we decided that we were going to do all originals. And like, I had this big um, trove of tunes that I had recently composed. So most of the tunes on it are mine. So they're more Celtic sounding, but there's some beautiful ones that Britney wrote too. Um, but anyway, yeah, to get that album, you go to Bandcamp, to Brittany Haas's page, um, it's H-A-A-S. And, uh, for my stuff, um, that's not the, the sister album, you can just go to my website, nataliehaas.com. Shows are up there with links to, um, to my project with Alistair, um, and, uh, so we have some cheap music transcriptions and I have a couple of like online teaching schools that I'm involved in and you can find all the links for all of that stuff on my website. So that, that's it, I think. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you want to play for our, our final two? Do you want to play one and I'll just back you up? Sure. Yeah. Let me think of something. <laughs>
Visit Natalie Haas's website at NatalieHaas.com for her tour dates and links to buy all her albums, especially Haas, her newest album with Brittany Haas. Links in the show notes. And let me just give you a quick rundown of where she's heading next with Alistair Fraser. Let's see, I'm going to go over to her website, NatalieHaas.com uh, slash tour. Okay, uh, looks like in October, uh, they're uh, kind of in the uh, Rhode Island, Vermont, Maryland, uh, New York. Oh, I think they're going over to Montana. Amazing. So that's in November. And, oh my God, they're coming to Oregon. That's so great. I'm going to have to go see them. I think they'll be uh, in Portland, basically, right after uh, Tall Poppy's done with our Northwest tour. Cool. So go see them if they're coming to your town. And if they're not, make sure you're following them on social media and keeping up to date with where they're heading next. Support this podcast at patreon.com slash cool. Sign up for a level that you can sustain this month so I can make plans for the following year. Thanks for keeping the show going. I literally can't do it without you. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.